New York Times best-selling author, 400 weeks and counting. I know, it's only the beginning. An NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Literary Work for Children in 2015. Nomination for Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Book of the Year Award in 2011. Uh, and uh, worldwide has garnered such honors, two Children's Choice Book Awards in 2011. You know, sometimes you feel not worthy. And Rachel Renee Russell is a person that makes me feel unworthy because she's doing such a wonderful job with her books. And the new Max Crumbly, Masters of Mischief, is now available. And Rachel joins us on Chewing the Fat. Hello, Rachel. How are you? I'm doing great, Jeff. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Thank you for coming on. So your new book is out. And uh, you're uh, excited about getting that on the shelves. But for those that don't know, give us a little bit of history of some of the books in the past that uh, they may have missed. Um, Yes. Well, as you just mentioned, I'm the author of Dork Diaries. And I started that book series in 2009. And here it is 10 years later. So this year is actually my 10th anniversary of writing Dork Diaries. And I think we're like, what? 45 million in print at this point of the Dork Diaries series. And I'm currently working on Dork Diaries book 14. So once I finish up here, I'll have, you know, a bite to eat. And then I will hit the computer (laughs) and start working on that Dork Diaries book 14. So it's... It talks about uh, how you uh, work with your daughter, uh, Nikki, on uh, on this book, Max Crumbly. Does your daughter, has she worked with you on the other books as well? Actually, she she's an, um, she, by the time I was starting Dirk Diaries back in 2009, she had just graduated from college and got her first job as an elementary school teacher oh, wow. um, for third graders. So. Um, the book had just hit the New York Times bestsellers list, and my publisher was so excited they wanted me to agree not to one book per year, but two Dork Diaries books Ooh. per year. And there's no way I could have done that myself. So I did ask my daughter if she would mind putting her career on hold <laughs> and you know helping me out for a year or two, and then I'd try to find another illustrator to help. And here it is, ten years later, right. and she never went back to teaching, and she's loving you know uh, being. She's the illustrator for both Dork Diaries and. Uh, Max Crumley, and she's, you know, not, I guess, missed the classroom so much. I think she probably, you know, working with her mom and kind of, right. she's kind of self-employed too, because she could just stay home. She comes to my house every day from nine to five when we work together, but technically she has a studio at her house and so she could just, you know, sit back in her pajamas and, you know, turn on the yeah. TV or music, draw off, you know, for six hours and call it a day, so- you know, versus which is you know a little uh, bit more yeah, no kidding. Uh, or but you know she's coming to your house and uh, you know obviously working and talking to you about it you know i mean do you have uh you know i find that uh it's difficult for me i can do this show you know anywhere i could be home in my underwear and in fact you don't know that i'm not but i'm, I'm telling you i'm not but uh you know i find it difficult when i don't have a, a space to go so have you created the space in your home that that's your place to go and that's off limit that's my workspace yes Definitely. I have an, a, the, my house has an office or a library yeah. um, and that's where I work. And then I actually built, um, I added onto my house cause we needed like storage space. Yeah. Um, so I built her a studio. So on the other side of the house, she has a, a huge studio. It's probably like maybe 20 feet by 25 feet, which is a <laughs> so large. You, you loved her so much. So you put it there. on the other side of the house though. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, that's where there was more room. To I understand. Out on the, 
side of the house. So there's a lot of windows and French doors <laughs> in her section and it's hardwood floors and yellow, bright yellow wall uh, paint. And um, so she yeah, that's her studio. So she has a studio in her own home. And then we only live like a mile from each other. So, <laughs> you know, she hops in her car right. with her two dogs, the humongous poodle that she oh, brings over gosh. every day. She's got a little teeny tiny elderly toy poodle. So she brings her two dogs over. <laughs> they hang out in the studio and then we, we, we work together. So that's a, it's a lot that, of fun. I bet. I bet it is. It sounds wonderful. So you, you were an attorney. Uh, you know, you grew up in Michigan and, uh, you know, I grew up there myself. I mean, I know what it's like to want to get out of that place. Um, yeah, so what where are you from? I grew up in Saginaw, the, you know, a little northeast of where you grew oh, yeah, up. Well, and yeah, uh, I started in, my childhood was in St. Joseph. Then as an adult, I lived in like the Grand Rapids yeah, area. So. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, I know what it's like to want to get out of there. But uh, the... Uh, I understand that, uh, you know, you're an attorney and I, every time I read about you, it's talking about, you know, this great author, but you're also an attorney. Uh, are, do you still have family members that like, uh, treat you like, yeah, that's great. You're writing these little kids books, but, uh, I need some, uh, I need some advice. Um, I've been doing this for 10 years. So after about the second or third year, I, I kind of was able to convince people that I'm not in that business. Now, technically it's a secret. I do have my state of Michigan state bar license, so I am a licensed attorney oh, in Michigan, go. even though I've relocated to Virginia about 10 years ago. But yeah, I've, I've got the inquiries probably for a couple of years, and then I'm pretty much, you know, I'm like, you know, and I'm full-time writer now, so right. I don't even have time. When I was practicing, I was a consumer bankruptcy attorney. So by the time I was so highly specialized, unless they were having financial problems, I really couldn't help them very much. Anyway, so, mostly they're wanting wills or you know something right, right, like right. that. So, so now so being a bankruptcy attorney kind of keeps people away unless they're having you know <laughs> severe financial problems. You're uh, you know you're living your own American dream. It's one of the things that we talk a lot about here on Chewing the Fat and. Uh, uh, Joining me is uh, is Rachel Renee Russell, author of uh, Dork Diaries and her uh, latest book, uh, Max Crumbly, uh, Masters of Mistress, Ma- Masters of uh, Mischief. Um, you know, so you're, you're living your American dream. You started off, you, you go to college and you become an attorney and then you write a, a kid's book. Did that when you wrote a kid's book, did you have an idea that, hey, this is something I wanted to do? Was it something you just felt like, hey, this will be a side thing? Because now, I mean, it's your life now. Yeah, well, it's a long story. Do you really want to hear the details? I do. That's why I asked. Well, I was married for 25 years, and the twin. And by that time, I'd gotten my husband and I had gotten both of the kids in college and whatever. And my marriage was not doing well. Oh, and my husband was not interested in keeping me as his wife. So that's too bad. Basically, he kind of moved on. Um, we had two kids in college, and I my duties was to pay the tuition. I, I was an attorney, and he was a dentist, so we had okay. very, very little financial aid. So every dime I got went into my bankruptcy practice or was sent to University of Michigan for two <laughs> students. Yeah, hail no to the financial aid. So by the time my marriage fell apart, I was broke. Uh, you know, And again, I had been making you know probably sure. close to six years. Sure. But again, all the money was going, reinvesting in my bankruptcy practice and to, to household matters and yeah. to University of Michigan. So he moved on, married a co-worker, oh, and wow. I was here with the house and bills and tuition. Wow. So I lost my house. Um, the cars were repossessed. 
Jeez. It was just horrible. This was like 2008. Wow. It was horrible, horrible, horrible. I still was practicing law out of my house, but then because I couldn't afford to keep the the office because that was really expensive. Yeah. So I'm working out of my home. Home is in foreclosure. Still sending uh, money to University of Michigan by myself. No help from. Yeah. to keep kids in college or to graduate from University of Michigan. So um, my mom's like, well, is it your, don't you have to move out of your house? Because once they foreclose, you only have like so many yeah. months because then they'll like sit your stuff out like you're renting there. <laughs> yes. So my mom yeah, so is like, worry. Rhonda, you're going to, um, Rachel, you you're going to go. You got to go. Gotta go. Um, you're gonna have to get, come home. I, did, I was not about to go back to my purple bedroom that I had when I was 14. <laughs> so I thought, okay, you're an attorney. You know, you got to figure this out. Smart I think by that, right. like 49 or 50. So I thought I need money, and I need money, you know, quick. Right. Um, I could get a larger. Now you can go work because I was still doing bankruptcies at the time. I was a bankrupt bankrupt attorney. How about that? <laughs> um, but um, I thought I could get a bigger chunk of money if I could get. Cause by that time, I was already kind of playing around with managing because my kids were in college. I had all this extra time on my hands. I'm trying to talk fast. No, so no, I you're fine. Well, I, you're fine. I, I, we, look, I, I, you're fine. I, I, this is fascinating, and I, and I, I'm lo- I'm loving to hear it. This is an this is a, yeah, an actual American dream. Do. Whatever. So I thought if I could, um, you know, get maybe fifteen, twenty thousand dollars, I could start over. Um, you know, enough. And my my sister lived in Virginia, and she was building a new home. And by that time, I think the real estate was doing Sorry really to bad, come back. and she wasn't yeah. able to sell her house back in two thousand eight. Oh. So she said, if, since you're going through a divorce and you're a bankrupt bankruptcy attorney, <laughs> how about you moving to Virginia? You can rent my house and then try to, you know get back on your sure. feet and whatever because my life was a disaster sure. so if I could sell this manuscript I heard that you can get maybe 15 20,000 and I thought well that would be enough to get me out of Michigan into Virginia I could pay my sister you know first month's right. rent last month's rent I'd have to take the bar again in Virginia because Virginia doesn't right. have reciprocity with again silly so I thought well I'm gonna have to go work as a law clerk <laughs> you know so I, yes I had my own bankruptcy firm in Michigan but I'm gonna have to go be a law clerk somewhere for a year till I pass the bar so anyway silly. I sent out the the uh the manuscript to literary agents online and lo and behold um and, and, and I based it on my daughters my daughters in school in middle grade were bullied and considered dorks and nerds and, and they were good kids they got straight a's and teachers loved them and they were kind but there were a few mean girls at their school of that course. Just gave them a rough time so that's why you homeschool that's why you homeschool rachel that's yeah, why i know really I, I, but they're in college by the time i was actually writing right i understand i got it Yes, yeah, so I thought, well, I'll use that as my motivation, and um, so I, I came great. up with like the first maybe hundred pages of Dork Diaries with the illustrations, and I sent that out to literary agents, um, and lo and behold, they were interested, and they and it was really strange because I was writing a very very humorous, upbeat, you know, kind of even yeah. though it was about you know the uh, middle grade life, it was still very very funny, and I was like. You know, uh, it brought me clinical depression because my life was falling <laughs> apart. You know, I knew my husband had, you know, right. disappeared and my, my hoping house was in foreclosure and cards. It was just horrible, hoping horrible, horrible. Choked on I was writing this humorous, lighthearted, cotton candy children's book. But the cool thing 
is that um, my divorce was final in May of 2009. So he he went his own way, and I was a single mom with you know my world collapsing yeah, yeah. my head. He hadn't choked on dentures later, yet. In June of 2009, Dork Diaries made the New York Times bestsellers list. 30 days after my divorce was finalized, and it's like that's been fantastic. Just Dream, you know, I, I sometimes I pinch myself and wonder when I'm going to wake up because right. um, I was able to move to Virginia um, when the book hit the New York Times bestsellers list. You know, the royalties, you know, were coming in within a year. Um, the, the I let the I didn't worry about the foreclosed home or the cars because right. I was it's able over. to buy bigger, nicer homes and cars yeah. in Virginia as a children's author. I. Even to this day, I guess I was so traumatized by what happened during that time in my life. That is why I'm holding on to my state bar of Michigan license to practice law, because if there's ever another disaster in my life, I have a backup. And that is that I can go back and be a bankruptcy attorney in Michigan. Hopefully that won't ever I happen. I think, you're, I think you're a ways away from that disaster of happening. But so, people ask me, why do you still pay the, you know, like, $300 to keep your bar license. Well, that's why I you never know. You Again, never know. I was so traumatized by that disaster right. in my life that I thought, well, I'll, you know, do this author thing. And if it keeps going and I'm successful, great. But if it doesn't, I can always go back and practice law in Michigan. And but live in that purple room you know, at mom's I house. I have to use that option. So that's the long story. And then live in that purple room at mom's house. You don't want to do that. That's a good fighting, a good fighting force to stay away from there. Third grade to my senior year in high school, and I was not interested in, in going back to you know my purple bedroom in the basement. So, so you have dork diaries and, and sweetheart. So you have dork me. diaries, and uh, now you have uh, Max Crumbly. When uh, you know once dork diaries had taken off, and you have you know you're going back to write a, a new dork diaries. You told us earlier, but uh, what brought uh, brought along Max Crumbly? Um, when Max Dork Diaries has a female main character, but I still have fans that are guys, and because as a matter of fact, probably almost half of my readers are guys. But whenever I had a book signing, the first thing out of the boy's mouth or the young guy's mouth was that you need to do another book and have a guy main character. And I was told that. Probably a thousand times, um, you know, whenever I had book signings and with yeah. guys, they're like, oh, uh, hi, I love your book series. It's hilarious. Um, are, please continue to write it. And while you're doing it, can you make another book series with a guy main character? So, again, after about the thousandth time I had heard that, I thought, well, you know, I, I would like to start another book series and I yeah. could do a spinoff with one of Nikki's, you know, girlfriends, you know, her, one of her best friends or whatever. But I've gotten this request from my male fans for so many years over and over and over again. I think I'm going to, you know, launch a new book series. So technically, Max Crumley showed up in Dork Diaries book 10, and he was a really good friend of, of Brandon. Brandon is Nikki's good friend in right. Dork Diaries, and Max Crumley is Brandon's best friend. So when he showed up in Dork Diaries book 10 at their school, for I think a science fair or something, um, I took that opportunity to introduce him to Dork Diaries readers, and then I, a year later, spun him off into his own book series, which is Max Crumley, and we're on book three in that series right now. You set him up. So now you have uh, 45 million copies in print total, published in 40 languages. Uh, you know, when are the, have you signed the TV deals and the movie deals, and we're doing everything to get that ready to go now? Um, actually, 
actually, I have a meeting today at 4.30, a phone consultation with a Hollywood studio. So just, you know, I mean, it's, it's funny that you even mentioned that. But, yes, we're in talks with the studio studio for a Dork Diaries movie. Oh, of and course. I'm pushing for it to be musical. And, you know, so hopefully hopefully, I'll know probably in a month or two. And once we sign the contract, it'll, you know, we'll, we'll release a press release up regarding it all. So, yes, That's... I am in uh, talks with uh, um, a Hollywood studio for a theatrical release. I'm not so interested in. Uh, television or streaming, I want them in movies. In really, the, your but, local movie theater. It, really, why? What? Uh, what brings you down that road? Because in today's world, uh, you know, so much is. Uh, I mean, between Amazon and Netflix and Hulu and other, uh, you know, other companies uh, hitting the streaming with uh, their productions, it would seem that that would be the road. No, and you know why? Because theatrical releases or. Um, books that are made into movies and put in your local movie theaters sell a lot more books than um, (laughs) I've seen with uh, Netflix or Amazon or anybody. Case in point, where did you watch Harry Potter in your movie theater? J.K. Rowling's a billionaire from her book sales. Uh, Then there's the Hunger Games. Where did you see the Hunger Games? In your movie theaters, not on Netflix. And she made tons and tons of, um, you know, had a lot of book sales. Uh, then there's what Twilight that was back, yeah. you know, maybe a decade ago with yeah. the vampire in the high schools and all this stuff. Theatrical releases. So um, I, I, when I when when I look at Dork Diaries and I look at other authors and books to movies, when I grow up, I want to be like you know <laughs> the author of Harry Potter and the author of Hunger Games yeah. and the author of Twilight and you know on and on. And again, those are all books that were in movie theaters. And that's because, in my humble opinion, um, movie theaters and theatrical releases probably sell 10 to 20 times more books than um, you'll ever see with the Netflix. Now, that might be changing, and I agree that there are a couple of, I think there's even one now, um, what, I can't think of it, but there's there's a, a actually the author's Jenny Hahn, and she's with Simon & Schuster, and her, her books are doing really, really well at Netflix, but yeah. well, overall, the, the uh, recipe that I'm, you know, after is to reproduce, you know, the sales and popularity of a Hunger Games gotcha. or Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, why I do theatrical release i mean it, it, you make a you make a good argument i'm just i was just you know concerned i mean we have so much uh so much available to us streaming uh from different companies uh you know around the globe that uh it i was just interested in what your what your recipe and, and, was and I, get, I hear that a lot and then when i say well name a children's book that has sold millions and millions from Netflix or Amazon or Hulu, most people kind of scratch their head. Well, that's so, because you would be the first. Now, for adults that work, because you have what the Thrones. I don't. I'm not. I don't watch that. But the was it? Yeah, Game of Thrones. Yeah, Game of Thrones. Adults sold tons yes. and tons of books. Yes, he did. And Maiden's Tale, an adult book, sold tons and tons of books. Yes. So that that works for adult books, you know, or books yes. that are. Marketed to adults, but I, can you name one children's book? I was, I was really, actually really trying, and I don't, well, I don't know that I can. I don't know yeah, that I can. And, and I'm, I'm in the business, and I really can't. However, That's, again, I repeat, you would be the first. I, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm, no, I'm, I'm arguing like for Netflix. A, I don't want to be the guinea pig. I'm like, just put me, a, put me in a movie theater next to the Harry Potter and Hunger Games and Twilight, and I'm good. I don't. And, I, and I've, I've talked to Netflix and I've talked to people and they're like, oh, this is going to work. And I'm like, mm, I'm not being anybody's guinea pig. Wow. So no, we're not. 
we're not experimenting with dork diaries. Just put me in the movie theaters and I'm good. Wow. So that, but there are other younger authors that are, are more uh, adventurous than I am. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, of you know, up So I'm like, you guys go right ahead. I will see you at the movie theater. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, Rachel Renee Russell, uh, author of Dork Diaries and uh, the latest edition of Max Crumbly, uh, The Misadventures of Max Crumbly. Uh, masters of mischief uh you know all these children's books and did you started out obviously with the thought of i need to get out of the hole and you told us the you know you told us a little bit of the backstory of what you were thinking and now you've reached a point where you really are creating uh you know this this body of work um you know what do you what do you other than you know the living the american dream and you can do what you want as you're proving uh you know what do you what do you hope to inspire to the young readers that you that come to see you at the book signings and read your books what do you hope that the books are doing for them well um for dork both of my books have themes for dork diaries uh, is always let your inner dork shine through and by that um i want kids that um, maybe bullied or that are picked on or made fun of or and these are these kids are usually smart yep. and they're kind I, I, it's almost like the the good people are the ones that are you know getting harassed yeah. and, and 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 I, I hear that over and over and over again and I, I don't know why maybe, maybe they're good maybe they're so good or they're goody two-shoes or they're square or they're dorks it or feels that way it feels that way my youngest yeah, son so my youngest son is a is a dork and uh he's one of the yeah. kindest people on the planet man and that's how my daughters were too so i haven't really figured out what draws mean people and why they just want to ruin their day and harass them and just you know i haven't figured that out yet but what i do know is that by writing about that situation and showing kids how to cope with it. Sometimes you can laugh it off and make it a joke. Sometimes you can spend time with kids that support you and love you, like, you know, getting best friends, getting getting, uh, involved in activities after school. Sometimes you do have to involve your parents, and sometimes you do have to involve the principal or a teacher. So it just depends on how far along they are, you know, with with the situation and how serious it is. You can make jokes and, you know, whatever, or maybe you need to have a meeting with your parents and the principal and that kid's parents and, and try to get to the bottom of, of it. So I hope that, so I hope that for, we offer all of those alternatives right. as coping mechanisms for kids who are going through the same thing that my kids went through and that my main character, Nikki Maxwell, went through and my main character, Max Crumb, because he has kind of the same situation, too. So since I guess I live that with my kids, I'm yeah. a little traumatized by it. It's the theme to both of my books. So for Dork Diaries, it's always let your inner dork shine through and be comfortable in your own skin and realize <laughs> your own value. And with Max yeah. Crumley, since he's like obsessed with superheroes and comic books, it's be the hero you admire which is to, you know, to, to step up, you know, your school or community. And, you know, obviously you don't have like superhero strength and you can't fly, but you can use what powers you do have for good. And that's being kind to people and respectful and sticking up for the little guy, you know, when you see him being picked on. So that's the kind of hero, you know, that I'm talking about. Rachel Renee Russell, thank you so much for joining us today on Chewing the Fat. It was uh, was inspiring. It was great to talk to you. Yeah, it was great being here. 
Hey, thank you. That's it for the interview, and I really appreciate it. But I just wanted to uh, say thank you, and anything that we can do in the future for you, you know, you let us know. I'm happy to help any way we can. Uh, It was great. And, uh, you know, if we can do anything at all, you let us know. I'm happy to help. Really, I mean that. Well, I have a book coming out in October 2019, so I'll put you back on my list, and maybe I can, you know, drop back in again in, in the fall. That'd be great. And we're, uh, we, we are located, you know, in the Metroplex of Dallas, Fort Worth. So if you're ever here, uh, I'd love to have you in the studios and, uh, and talk to you here. Something live down there. Yes, it would. It'd be great. Excellent. Thank you very much, Jeff. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. Be safe. You too. Bye-bye. And just a reminder, subscribe to Chewing the Fat with yours truly, Jeff Fisher. Uh, thank you so much for uh, tuning in for the Saturday American Dream segments. Uh, the, they, you know, they're fascinating people all over this country, and uh, it's great to see uh, and hear that uh, you know people are still living the American Dream. There's a reason why people want to come to this country, uh, and one of the reasons is. <laughs> Uh, they want to listen to Chewing the Fat in the country that it's broadcast from. Now, you can sure you can still subscribe to Chewing the Fat in other countries. I, look, I'm not, I don't discriminate against other countries, man. If you, whatever country you're in, you can subscribe to Chewing the Fat. But whatever country you are in, you need to remember to subscribe to Chewing the Fat. Okay, I'm not, I don't want to be angry today. It's Saturday. So, appreciate you listening. Please subscribe to Chewing the Fat. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Jeff Fisher Radio. If you want to know anything outside of that, you can email me at chewing the, chewing the fat at theblaze.com. And hey, while you're at it, why don't you go buy a Chewing the Fat mug from shop.theblaze.com. You're going to see other stuff when you go there. Don't buy that stuff.